not a perfect Christian Yeah, ay, I'm an imperfect person I go to church on the weekends But I'm still far from perfect All right, man. Let's go ahead and kick it off. Um, so I got a hypothetical, as we as we as we do normally. So would you rather be, um, would you rather always be too hot or always be too cold? Hmm. I've kind of gone back and forth with this one before. <laughs> I I think both would be pretty miserable. Agreed. Um. I feel like cold. I would I would rather like I just feel like cool like cold is just like a little bit more bearable, maybe. Mm-hmm. I, I maybe but that's the thing is I feel like if I was cold long enough, I'd want to be hot. I'd feel the same way about hot. Right. So right. Like, that's a good question. What about you? So, I've actually gone back and forth on this too, but I ultimately decided that I'd rather be cold. Okay. Because um, our bodies, we can naturally warm ourselves up. Right. If you're too hot, there's no way. Our body doesn't, I mean, sweat, yes, but sweat, like that doesn't, that doesn't cool your body down enough to where you can operate, like, like you can function, you know, naturally. But if you're right. too cold, you can warm yourself up. You can bundle up. You can run, get your blood flowing. Like, that'll warm you up. Right. But there, we don't have a natural um, cooling down mechanism in our body. Right. So I'm going with I'd rather be cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm, on, I'm on that team, too. <laughs> that's, a, that's, that, that's kind of my line of thinking, too. I was thinking, like. I feel like you could always warm yourself up, and I'd rather I'd rather have a blanket on than be freaking scorching. Yeah, yeah, that that heat is no joke. Yeah, I dude, I've been I've continued to think about um, that bird versus dog. Yes. Oh, you know how like at Thanksgiving especially is like when those birds start teaming. Mm-hmm. And like I was just thinking about how how I it, it solidified my answer for rather being chased by a dog than a bird. Really? Oh yeah. That's good. <laughs> can you imagine? Can you imagine having that many like beaks coming at you? Mm-mm. Not at all. Like a pack, a swarm yeah. of birds. Yeah, that that a, a dog seems far more I don't know. All I have to say, I'd rather be cold. <laughs> nice way to circle back around. <laughs> <laughs> um so jumping into today's uh I guess podcast episode lesson topic of discussion, whatever you want to call it. Um, so it actually came from, I did a, I did a, um, I forget what it's called. I did my quiet time. I did a Devo, um, one day 
and the title of it was called Whatever It Takes. I'm like, okay, cool. This is interesting. It's uh, on the reading plan. It's a, it's a yeah, reading plan on the Bible app that I started. Um, I forget which plan, but it, it'll come to me. But anywho, so the title of uh, that day's devotion was Whatever It Takes. And so basically what the, the lesson about that was, um, are we willing to do whatever it takes to be free? Whether that's um, if you don't have a relationship with Christ, is that de- developing one um, with Christ? Or when you're in a relationship with Christ, um, are you willing to do whatever it takes to remain free? Mm-hmm. And so it kind of, yeah, it kind of it caught my, my attention because, you know, in sports, you hear it all the time, by any means necessary, whatever it takes uh, to, to get a win or to, to do whatever it is that you're you're trying to accomplish, whether that's trying to get a win or trying to uh, get better at a certain skill set or, you know, fill in the blank. And um, that same mindset, applying that to our walk with Christ was a, a very interesting, like, intersection in how we can apply that um, in another facet of our life. No doubt. Yes. Caught my attention. Um so I wanted to hear like your thoughts, kind of you know chop that up a little bit, um, and talking about um, are we willing or what does it take? Um, what yeah, what does it actually take to to either gain freedom or to remain free um, in your walk in Christ? Like whatever stumbling blocks you may have, um, what is it that um, we're willing to go? Like what? How far are we willing to go to ensure that we remain free or to get that freedom in Christ? Mm. It's actually interesting. I was actually getting, I was in a meeting this morning and then at another lunch meeting right afterwards that literally just left um, where I was kind of talking about this concept, which is, I mean, it's how the Lord works. I'm not surprised, but um, you know, Jesus, when he, goes to Gethsemane Mm -hmm. is like in agony and he's sweating drops of blood and he's about to go and like pay the price for our freedom. And he's praying for us and he says, um, father, that they might be one with you at one with me as I am one with you. Mm -hmm. And then he says, and he, he says, this is eternal life that they know you, the one true God. And something about knowing Jesus and eternal life are like go hand in hand. And not just knowing him in the sense of like, oh, yeah, I know, like, I know Jesus. I heard, like, you know, I went to church, I did these things, but like actually knowing Jesus personally. Um, and, and you know, just as good as any, like, you know, anybody in order to get to know somebody, it's got, it costs you something. It costs you time. It costs mm-hmm. you money. It costs you, you know, all these different things. And I just think it ultimately like for freedom to be a reality, it costs you everything. Like, yeah, you, you like, to be free means that you get you get rid of everything else, mm-hmm. but Jesus. 
And that, from a worldly perspective, seems like bondage or slavery or like, you know, that's, that's not, I, I don't want to give up what I have, right? I want to, I want to hold on to it as hard, as long and as hard as I can. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, yeah. But there's something about knowing Jesus that I come to the realization that everything else is far less valuable than him. Mm-hmm. And it, it becomes that thing where like, I just give up everything to have him. There's a, there's a, the parable of the pearl of great value where the man like finds this pearl of great value and he goes and sells all his his possessions to buy that field. And because, because like to, to the outward eye, it looks like just a field, but to him, he knows that there's something of great value in that field that is worth all of those things. Right. Right. And, Ultimately, I just think that's a beautiful picture of freedom. It's like being being rid of everything but what you truly want and truly need. And that's that's Jesus. Right. Yeah, for you sure. Um, no, a lot to what you were you were saying. Uh, I like how you put it. Being free is giving up everything except Jesus. Um, and even thinking about that um, in today's like society the the way people operate nowadays this generation of people um that is insane <laughs> we right. you 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 are literally giving up everything everything that you've worked hard for um everything other people have worked hard for you to you know have the opportunity to work hard for or the opportunity to get what it is that you're trying to get and you're just going to just throw it away it it almost comes off as um not being appreciative of what has come before you Right. Or, or, or even in the midst of what you're doing, like in the, in the present, but it's, it's actually, it's, it's the opposite of that. And it does, it doesn't seem like it when you hear somebody say, you know, give up everything or, um, the verse in the Bible says to where Jesus asked to, or it tells the disciples, you know, one who, who, who gives up their life to, to, to give their self away, essentially paraphrasing, <laughs> right. um, it, it's, it sounds insane. It, and it's against the status quo of society nowadays. Like, right. and, and what society teaches us is this, yeah, whatever it takes to to be number one, whatever it takes to, to get that dub, to whatever it takes to get that promotion, to be on top, whatever it is to, to achieve your goal. Um, and that even in that, that costs you something. Like you said, time, money, um, it costs you even even the way you the way you think, your mindset. Um, you may have to swallow your pride a lot, which, yeah, you do have to do that in other like aspects of your life. But it it requires you to to give up something. There's always a cost. There's a cost to everything. Cost of living. Talking about living in different places. There's a cost um, for even having this relationship with Jesus. It's yeah. going to cost you. You may you may have to give up some friendships. You may have to um, give up some relationships. Yeah. And if it's it's if it is at the cost of your your freedom, it's to me I would say it, it's worth it because okay. we don't because we don't store our treasures here on earth we we store them in heaven. Yeah. And in the the devo I was reading, um, bring it back up. It says that 
So Jesus was making the point that there are eternal consequences of sin and that those consequences are real. And they're real enough um, to where we should be willing to take radical, drastic action to avoid or even to remove anything that causes us to stumble. Right. And that's kind of where I wanted to, you know, kind of unpack that too, like um, talking about the cost of what, what are we willing to do what it takes to either gain freedom, starting relationship with Christ, or to remain free in our relationship with Christ. Mm. Yeah. I think that that also comes back to what we were talking about a couple weeks ago about living an eternal kind of life. Mm-hmm. And realizing that like the, the decisions I'm making are creating patterns mm-hmm. that either lead to life or to death. And, you know, it may not look like it's leading to, to, to death at first, but it's about the fact that like, if you, if you continue on the course, it, it will eventually lead there, you know? Yeah. Um, and, you know, that, that's the thing about, Jesus that's really interesting to me um you know I was I was talking to somebody this morning about the prodigal son and you know we look at we look at the guy like like that and we think oh man I mean he just jumped off the deep end I mean he just squandered everything that the father gave him and you know just reckless you know yeah yeah. and we we and from some sentence, from from one view, kind of look at that and go, I mean, that's that's the lost cause. That I mean, we we can just write him off. I mean, he just jumped off the deep end. Yeah. But but Jesus does the exact opposite. I mean, he depicts this father that's basically sitting on the front porch waiting for that son to come home. Mm-hmm. And I think that that. It's not so much, I think this comes back to the verse that says, not that we loved him first, but that he first loved us. Yep, yep. And it's not so much about like, you know, what we're willing to give up as much as realizing what he gave up and what he did. Like he he stopped at nothing mm. to save me. He, he was literally at every street corner he was at every turn he was at every moment of failure with open arms wanting me to come home yeah and he stopped at nothing and and i think at some point that that's got to be humbling right yeah yep (laughs) you're right humbling that's a good word yeah like when you realize that the father could have written you off over and over and over again but he's still standing in your corner. He's still waiting to receive you with open arms over and over and over again. And at that point, I mean, that that's, that's the thing that caught my heart, Mm. Adam. I don't know if that was what caught yours, but just the way, the way that Jesus loves me is what, what makes me want to then in turn, give up everything for him. Yeah. Like realizing that he gave it all and he's going to continue to give it all regardless of how I respond. Mm -hmm. But it's for my benefit that I, that I do the same, you know, that I pour my life out 
for others in the way that he poured his life out for me. And I, I, I don't know. I mean, I think you, you just see the surpassing worth of knowing Jesus. And, and when you see it, that that's when you start to see what you have is chump change. Like, yeah. Yeah. It pales in comparison. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, I mean, that's, that's my best, I guess, attempt to, to describe that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but anyway, what, what do you think? No, I mean, going back to that concept of, um, taking the, the action that we need to, to keep ourselves free, especially like, especially nowadays, like it, it's cause there's temptation on every level. There's temptation in every, you know, in every form Like you, you name it from what you, what you see on TV, uh, what you see on social media, on your phone, like it's, it's, it's everywhere and it's accessible. Right. It's, it's easy to obtain. Um, and my, my thought process is like, what if we, what if we took that, um, and made it, you know, made, made things that were, um, that were beneficial for our walk with Christ, made those things that accessible. Right. Like, cause you, you know, being former athletes, we, we were on that, that same mindset of, all right, like I'm going to be. Uh, the hardest worker on the team. Right. No, nobody's going to outwork me. Right. Nobody's going to take my spot. Whatever. And you, we, you even put up like goals like throughout a season. You have position meetings with your coach, um, like just for your individual like goal or goals that you're heading into in a season. You'll write them down, put them up in your locker, uh, put them in your room. You put them all over, like to 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 constantly remind you what you're striving for. Right. And then you have steps either like to what, what do I need to get better at for today? All right. So how all right, I figured out what I want to get better at today in practice. How am I going to get better? What, what do I need to do to, for me to get better at route running or, or, you know, swinging better um, on the plate, um, you know, fill in the blank. Um, right. And even, and even like outside of the, the sports world, what, what am I going to do better for uh, my job? Yeah. Like, how do I, how do I do X, Y, and Z? All right. What, what do I need to do to make sure that I achieve X, Y, and Z? Right. Um, and so that, that mindset, applying that to, to our walk with Christ. Um, and he, Jesus even, you know, he tells us to, um, to, and it's in uh, Matthew. I'm saying Matthew, Matthew 5, Matthew yeah. 5, 29. Um, he says, if your right eye causes you to sin, gouge it out and throw it away. For it's right. better to lose one of the parts of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. And in verse 30, again, he says, and if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. For it is better that you that you lose one of the parts of your body than for the whole body to go into hell. Right. And so, like, what what is that? What does that look like for for us as a as a as a body of believers, as the church, lo- lowercase church, <laughs> to 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 do whatever it takes. What does it look like for us to to gouge out that eye or to cut off that hand or etc. What what does that look like for us? 
Yeah. You know, I think there's definitely like you made the point about things being like very accessible. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was, I was another thing I was talking about with my buddy this morning and like, you know, it's really easy to get caught up in like sin management. Mm. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Start beating yourself up for like, who knows what, right? Yeah. And, but what you also got to do, like another aspect of being a good athlete or being a good, you know, player is knowing your, like knowing your defense. Yes. (laughs) What you're up against. Yes. Yes. Learning to have a different view of what you're up against. And, And ultimately the way you do that is prayer. And dude, like, I think this is a very neglected part of spirituality, mm-hmm. but like when it comes to like, de- like dealing with trials and temptations and all these different things, so few people actually invite Jesus into the into the fight with them. Hmm. I'm guilty. I, oh, I'm so guilty. You stepping on my toes right now, man. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like as simple as just going. Jesus, like, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to combat this. Well, I need you to teach me. Right? Yeah. And then and then ultimately letting him lead you step by step through all of it. And then and then the cool part of that is he'll lead you to people, like like-minded people that are in the or they're in the battle with you. And then you get to lock arms with them and you get to train and equip each other for those different things. And it's like that's the kind of discipleship and, you know, that that's that's the kind of training that we need. I think the one thing I miss the most from athletics is, like, having a, a weightlifting partner or somebody yeah. to, like, run routes with or go, you know, do, do the thing that I'm wanting to get better at with because, you know, the other person's going to make me better. I mean, yeah. like, and I, I, I mean – I think I've told you this before, Adam, but like there's nobody I enjoy playing basketball with more than you because you play the best defense against me that I've ever had played against me. <laughs> like, and you make me better. You make me want to get better because I'm like, well, I, I mean, if I want to play with Adam, I got to be, I've got to be at this level. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's the kind of thing. Like I need people like Adam in my life that make me dribble a little bit better. <laughs> They make me be more aware of what I'm doing a little bit better. Mm. And if I don't, if I surround myself with people that don't challenge me and that don't like make, that don't put me in situations to get better. If I'm just like a big fish in a small pond, then I'm not doing anything to get, I'm, I'm not growing at all. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so I need, I, it's not necessarily accountability as much as it is. I just need somebody to like, sharpen and grind like like out sin like you know what i'm trying to say like i've got i need i need to work out my salvation yes in the same way that i work out my body yes oh you touch you're touching on an episode that i got planned for for a few weeks in advance you oh that's good yeah that's good yeah i have it yeah i have an episode for that word no but that's that's good because it goes back to that concept of um, iron sharpening iron. Yes. And the verse in, that's the verse in Proverbs. Um, 
But yeah, and that and that's what we're called to do. And there's a reason why Jesus sent out the disciples in pairs, right? For that for that same reason, exactly. while while ministry was going forth, um, with one disciple, the other one was either either uh, you know covering him in prayer or helping to intercede um, on the behalf of whatever ministry that they were doing. Exactly. So they won't be going into the fight or into that that opportunity, that moment, you know, shorthanded. Exactly. I I love how Jesus wired us that way, bro. Like, mm-hmm. like I can't, I can't be a one man show. Mm-mm. I can't. I can't either. Mm. And I love how Jesus, Jesus himself couldn't, didn't even position himself to be a one man show. Right. <laughs> like. Right. He did it with 12 other people and, yes. and, and beyond that, you know, I mean, that's, it's just, it, it's, it's really powerful when you realize that the God of the universe built a team mm-hmm. and didn't just do it by himself. Yep. Amen to that. Yeah. Cause even, even during his ministry, when he did the, the miracles, um, you know, more specifically, when he fed the the multitudes, it wasn't him doing it all. He 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 blessed the food, and he gave he gave the food to the disciples for them to to distribute. Right. He didn't do it all himself. Like as powerful and as almighty Jesus is, he he had more than the capability to do it. For absolutely, that's no that's no doubt. But right. I, I I love the intentionality behind. Him, you know, inviting the disciples in and be like, "Hey, all right, I did this. No, I'm not going. I'm not going for you. Feed them, <laughs> right? Like you, you go, you go out. You take the, the the bread and the and the fish to the to the people. You you go and do it. Not saying that he was, you know, deferring all the hard work to to the disciples. No, he was inviting them in to be a part of the miracle that was feeding five thousand or feeding a multitude with." what they thought, what seemed, you know, little to nothing that they had. They didn't have nearly enough. So, so they thought. Right. And that really, that I've always thought that was really funny. Like the, um, you know, Jesus, Jesus is like a miracle worker because he fed 5,000 people. Right. Mm -hmm. But dude, like he feeds 8.2 every day. Ooh. I mean, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, we make a big deal about, like, the walking on the water and all these different things. But it's like, dude, like, that even that stuff is, like, nothing compared to the miracle of every single day. Yes. Mm. And, and that, that, like, it's just another example of, like, how, God, like, Jesus has no need of us in terms of ma- making stuff happen. He, he literally just loves us and wants to invite us into the process. Mm-hmm. Yes. I, I like, I like the image of like, you know, a dad like teaching, or like a dad putting his little boy on his lap mm-hmm. and like letting him hold the steering wheel Oh yeah, but yeah. the dad's the dad's the one pushing the gas pedal. The dad's the one actually driving the car. He's just 
giving the son a chance to sit in the sit in the driver's seat with him. Ooh. You know what I, mean? I like that. Yeah, I like that image. That's a good one. And that that ultimately is, I mean, that's kind of the whole. That's what everything really is. It's just this opportunity to sit in God's lap and let Him teach you how to drive. Hmm. Yeah, because there's some folks out here that don't know how to drive. <laughs> they, they tell them they need to go to driving school. Man, I. I... I'm not gonna speak. I'm not gonna speak on that. <laughs> Speaking literally, like actually driving. Um, no judgment here about the way people live, but anywho, <laughs> um, but that and that that image of you know the father, the son, and um, Jesus, God giving us the opportunity to be in the driver's seat, although he's not behind the scenes. Well, he is behind the scenes, but he's the one doing the driving. I like that. That's a, that's a really good. Uh, that's a good image right there. Um, and then like kind of piggybacking off of um, doing what it takes. Um, and you said, you mentioned a really good point about prayer, about mm-hmm. prayer being a, a really big part of that and knowing, knowing your opponent, knowing what defense you're going up against, knowing uh, in for today's you know conversation, knowing your stumbling blocks, right? knowing those things that you, um, are trying to to get over or trying to get through be to be free from um, that. That's also that's a key. That's a key thing. And it's like going into any any sport, any game. You watch film on the defense as well. You yeah. you're, you're trying to break down the defense. All right. So what? This is what we're going up against. Um, this is the weakness in the defense. This is what this defense does. Um, so what are what are the ways that we can you know attack? said defense or attack said obstacle stumbling block um to you know quote unquote to score <laughs> um or to be to put ourselves in the opportunity in the give ourselves an opportunity to put ourselves in a position to score and then kind of in our topic today like analyzing what it is identifying what it is that we're struggling with what are our struggles whether that's internally or um externally practically in in our you know daily living right and i just think that like the way we go about that sometimes is almost counterproductive Mm, speak on that because like nothing nothing on like nothing against like the concept of accountability partners Mm -hmm. (laughs) but like it's it's just this the way we deal with sin especially in the west is so like we had a we had a pastor actually preach about it at church this past sunday talking about how if if people really responded to the gospel the way that it was intended to be responded to the western church normally like naturally like condemns and isolates those people right and it makes people not want to come into the light because they're afraid that of the way people are going to respond to them you see what i'm saying and that jesus like jesus was not 
afraid of the leper. He was not afraid of the adulterous woman. He wasn't afraid of any of those people, right? Mm -hmm. Right, right. And if anything, he was like going to them and saying, like, hey, take my yoke upon you, <laughs> right? Like, let, like I'm not, I'm not afraid of your mess. Like, come to me and let me, let me bring you life. Let me bring you what you need. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And I mean, I just think that sometimes the whole, the way we hold people accountable, is almost the opposite stance. Yeah. You see yeah. what I'm saying? It's like, it's like, how dare you? Or I can't believe you. Or I, you know, it's like, yeah. And it's a, it's, it's a not a lot of, it's not a lot of grace in it too. Not, not saying that's the case for all, for everybody that does, you know, have a, an accountability partner, but right. like for the, for a good bit of it, for a good bit of people, like it's, it's not a, um, it's not a lot of grace in it. Right. And, and that that's and I think that that's a point that is, is good to make. Like not every accountability partner relationship is like that. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, there's definitely some great examples of that. And I think, you know, I, I would encourage anybody to seek out people to to bear like to share their heart and, and bear burdens with because, like, you just can't do this thing alone. Right. Um, but like, I just think ultimately the church has got to be more Christ-like in this way. I mean, I don't, I don't know how else to say that. Like, yes, we, we've got to follow Jesus in the way that we love one another. I mean, I, I just have always found it fascinating that people thought that Jesus was a drunkard and a glutton. Mm. Because really? Of, because, oh Yeah. Because of the people he hung around with. Oh, I thought you meant like people nowadays. <laughs> oh, are you what? are you speaking about people people back when Jesus was alive? They thought he was a a, a drunkard. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. Like they they were they like it's in scripture. Like literally, pe the the Pharisees and the Sadducees almost ref like referred to him as that mm -hmm. because that's the people he was around. Yep. Because he was he was drawn to them out of a sense of like I want to heal them, you know. Yeah, exactly right. And I think that's what made them so uncomfortable. Is like he didn't deal with sin the way that the the religious people did. Yeah, it was uh, it was against the status quo. It was it was countercultural. Right. And I just think that sometimes we are guilty of this of the same exact thing. Mm. What you think about that? No, I I agree. I mean, going back to the point I made about there not being a lot of grace. I mean, there are things you know. Not saying you you and your accountability partner just let anything slide. Right. I, like no, that's not saying that you act like it didn't happen, or you're just like, oh well. We won't worry about that. No, right. you, you still hold them accountable. You still have. Yeah. Um, we're given the authority as um, followers of Jesus to, to rebuke, to rebuke one another. Yes. And rebuke doesn't always have to be harsh. It is exactly. not. It's not like a, a punishment. There's a difference between rebuking and punishing. Exactly. Like when you rebuke, you rebuke with the 
with the intention of there being grace and also to 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 correct to correct and it's not like a harsh correction right it's you're you're telling said account accountability partner like hey this is not what we what we believe it's not what we stand for um and you know there's grace for that because we don't neither of us have the right to to kind of condemn or you know put each other in a hell or a heaven uh in a right. sense but it's it's meant for for correcting and encouraging it's like hey right. I, know, I know you messed up all right here's some things we're going to do to not do that again and if you mess up again we'll just do this we'll, we'll do the same thing right. i'm not i'm not i'm not going to you know I'm not going to judge you. I'm not going to make you feel as though you're less than me or vice versa. I'm not going to act holier than thou. Right. Like, no, you, you messed up. It's all good. We learn from it. We pray, for, we pray about it, repent on it. Um, and, and Jesus, and Jesus encourages us to repent and to, to sin no more knowing right. that, knowing that we are flawed as humans. He knows we're going to still mess up, but it's the act of the attempt and the uh, intention of, of not, doing that on purpose right like we're not we're not abusing our grace i guess that's a better way to yeah to to put it that we're not you know doing said thing sin whatever it is and you're like oh okay i, I won't do it again i'm sorry lord forgive me and then you end up doing it again right same old thing like i'm, I'm sorry i won't I, lord i promise if you get me out of this one this one situation i never do it again end up doing it again right. no that that's not that that's abusing the grace Exactly. Now, and then when you when you truly understand what grace is, you it it keeps you from making those mistakes exactly. again, again, like repetitive. You know, yep. like in in sports, you know, your coach doesn't get mad at you if you make a mistake because he knows you're going to make a mistake. But it's like if you watch the person in front of you do a drill and you mess it up, or two or three people go before you and you still mess it up. That's when they're like, all right, bro, like, what are you, what are you doing? <laughs> like, then they'll, they'll, then they'll get on your case. Or even, like, in a, in a game situation, you make a mistake, okay, cool. It's done. Get it over with. But if you keep making that mistake, they're going to, you know, going to start raising some questions. Like, all right, man, like, we talked about this, you know, made an in-game adjustment. What, what's going on? What's happening? Right. We need to put somebody else in? Like, what, what's the deal? Exactly. Exactly. And, and that's where I think about, I mean, you remember that, that time we were at Wendy Gap? And you and I were just playing one on one at the basketball court. Yeah, yeah. And like, dude, like that's what that's what it should be like. Like, if like I like both both of us are trying to score, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. Right? We're both trying to play the game well. And and you apply that to life. We're both trying to to follow Jesus. We're both trying to get this thing right. And like it's having somebody there to like call me for walking. Having mm-hmm. somebody yep. there to like if I if I try to drive to the basket this way, you're there to to cut me off, right? Mm-hmm. Like you're, you're it's like that that's what that's what discipleship is supposed to be like. And yes. and I think sometimes it turns into more of like a personal training session where like one person's doing the working out and the other person's just barking orders. Yeah. And I don't think that that's how Jesus operates. Yeah. That, yeah, that's a good, that's a good way to put that. Yeah. That, that's yeah. I agree with you. And I just, I mean, I, I, that's just, that to me is a huge game changer because mm-hmm. you know, the coaches that I respect 
are the ones that actually get on the floor with me and do it with me. Yes. Yes. And that is who Jesus is. Like he, that's what, that's literally when, when God became a man, that was the ultimate example of that. Like I am coming on to, I'm coming into your world to do it with you. Yes. Like I'm not asking you to do anything that I wouldn't do myself. Ooh. That's, oh, that's a good one. Jesus doesn't ask us to do anything that he hasn't done himself. Oh, that's, that's good. Yeah. And that's how, that's how human he became. Like, I don't, I think we really, we we really struggle with the idea that he is God, but he also became a man fully. Mm -hmm. He was tempted in every way yet without sin. Like, but he was still tempted in every way. Right. Like, it's not like I think we missed that part. Yeah. And that, that 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 goes without saying. Yeah, we do we do oftentimes neglect the the human side of Jesus. Um yeah, cuz he he got tired right. <laughs> in the middle of a storm. Right. He was he he had his heart like broken when he heard about Lazarus dying. Right. Like he he felt everything that we feel. He feels everything that we feel and that's what makes him so relatable right and that's what that's what drew people to that's what continues to draw people to him is that that there is this this deity that created everything that has every right to to be uninvolved with his creation because of how flawed it became after he created it Mm-hmm. But yet, still takes the time to to hang out with, as the Bible referred to the the people that Jesus got scum, mm-hmm. to hang out with the people that nobody associated with because of you fill in the blank, mm-hmm. and th- and that that's that's just what that's what makes him so like he's just so different. Like I I can't put words to it, but it's just like he just Jesus is just. I, I I don't know how to. <laughs> I'm getting excited, getting excited over here, man. No, I feel you. I feel you. it's exa- and it's that's what makes him holy. And what about this, dude? Like, what if God? Like, I think people look at the way the world's gone, mm-hmm. and they think, oh man, like God must have really messed up. Ooh. But what if God intentionally made it this way, so that He could show how personal, how real, how like able he is to save the the most bleak of circumstances yes like he he gives us over to sin in order to save yes because if we could do it on our own we wouldn't need him right and and like it's like literally it's quite the opposite it's not it's not that god failed at all it's that he is ultimately succeeding in every respect yeah yeah, like he, yeah. he is he is demonstrating his power and his dominion over all things, mm-hmm. even by giving it over to sin. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's a that's a thing that uh, can confuse a lot of people. Oh, yeah. And you have you hear it every day like, OK, if God is so loving, if God loves me so much, then why do bad things happen to good people? Right, which also is another episode that I'm gonna that we're gonna have. So we, we don't want to unpack that too much. Yeah. <laughs> That's another one um, 
that we're going to have for sure. Awesome. My question to that is, who's a good person? <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. As- assuming, assuming that I am good. Mm-hmm. Right. That's a. That's a. That's going to be a good, good combo. Oh, yeah, but, I can't wait for that one. Um, but yeah, man, like I, I just, I, I think that the the thing that has really captured my heart with Jesus is that he just he wants to be known in every respect and in every way, and he wants to be known by everyone. Mm-hmm. And 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 not known in the sense that like. Like I think the, the this will this will show you a lot about my pride, but like there, there's there's so much of my life I have lived wanting to be remembered, mm. <laughs> wanting to be known, wanting wanting to like wanting people to be like yeah 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 that's banks yeah yeah <laughs> you know yeah for sure no facts and, and that like Jesus Jesus wants to be known but in a in a in a much more pure way yes. Like, he doesn't want everybody to just remember his name, right? He he wants everybody to know his heart and to know his character and to know that like his love for them is endless and infinite and will never fail. Yes, yes. And, his and, his uh no, go ahead. My bad. I'm sorry. I didn't want to cut you off. <laughs> oh, you have, really? Like he just he just wants us to know that life is a gift that he intentionally gave and wants us to enjoy and wants us to enjoy with him. Oh, yes. Yes, yes. And like the going back to your point about him wanting to be known and it's it's not in that in that selfish um look at me, look at me type like and not in that light. He right. he he wants he wants he wants the to be known for our for the for the good of his creation. Yep. If that makes sense. Yeah. He doesn't he doesn't he doesn't want the spotlight on him. He just wants his creation and know him for our sake. Yes. And and that like, even that in and of itself doesn't seem to make sense. You want to be known for the people who you want to know? Like what, like what is, what does that even mean? And it, and it's, it's a, it's a, it's a crazy concept because when you, when you want to be known, when you're, when you're seeking to be, to be, to be noticed, even we'll just say that, like you want, you want the the attention. Right. But the attention that Jesus seeks is for the attention that he does love us. Like his attention is for us to be uplifted as well. Oh yeah. And when, not that and not that he's, you know, putting us under his foot. But it's it's for for us to I don't want to say like put us on the on the same platform, but to know that he doesn't go around wanting to be known thinking that he's holier than thou. Right. His, his recognition comes out of, uh, humility. There we go. Right. Humble recognition. That's what it is. Yes. I don't know if that's the thing. I just made that up, but it sounds like (laughs) humble recognition. Yeah. And, and I think this is what's so cool about it all is like, this leads to the question of like, why why does god want that and like ultimately who is god and like the the other question is like where does god even come from like mm-hmm. who, who made god and right. that's the that's such a powerful question because it's like that's kind of the underlying 
kind of like exclamation point behind everything in life mm-hmm. is it's a mystery. Like it's a wonderful mystery that we've been invited to pursue and to discover for ourselves. Yes. And the only way we can ever come to know any of these things is by seeking them, by, by, by looking for it, you know? Right. And the only way we can ever come to know Jesus is by, is by seeking him and, and spending time with him and knowing who he is. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's like that, that's when we're going to start to realize the ins and outs of what all this means. And then ultimately I think the end goal is that we become like him. Yes. Doing whatever it takes to become like Jesus. Yes. In prayer, spending time with the word, um, having uh, an accountability partner. Yeah. And, and having the, the, a real accountability partner that's not just going to, you know, curse you for every bad thing that you do. Right. Like, no, taking, doing whatever it takes, um, as we were talking about earlier, to, to gain freedom or, and to remain free in, in Jesus. That's right. Maybe, maybe a better word instead of accountability partner is battle partner. Battle partner. Or teammate. Teammate. There you go. Like it's, it's, it's somebody that you're like, you're going to war with him, dude. Like you're not, it's not just a coach. It's like, it's, it's a, it's a soldier beside you. It's somebody that you've got their back. They've got yours. Mm-hmm. You're in the field with you. Right. I like that. I like that. What's well, This was a good conversation. Come on now. And, and it's, and it's one for sure that, that needs to be had a lot more. Oh yeah. Because we, we get so ambitious about every other thing under the sun yep. except our relationship with Jesus or even like where, where we're going to end up once we, once our time on earth is done. Like where, where are, where we lie in eternity? Like, what are we, what, what are we going to do? What are we willing to do whatever it takes to make sure that we have eternal life right. in, in heaven or living an eternal life? Or living life, uh, how did you put it the other, the other week? Living a life that's worth living for eternity. Right. What are we willing to do to make sure that is the case? Right. When, it, when it's all said and done. And dude, like, this is kind of maybe a shout out to those who are listening. Um, but... Man, like, I just know that there are so many people that are trapped in sin and, like, are just just feeling kind of hopeless and and stuck. Mm -hmm. And a lot of it is because of the way that most of the Western church has handled all of these different things and the way that we've approached discipleship. Mm -hmm. And all I would say... To, to you and to, to anyone is like I'm sorry on behalf of the church <laughs> for the ways that we have mishandled that yeah. um, and, and my prayer for you is that you would find community and friendship and relationships with people that can help bear those burdens um, and that can, that can like be that kind of 
like friend and brother in those times of adversity and trial. Mm-hmm. Um, because man, I just, I really believe that Jesus is rebuilding his church in the lives of just individual people <laughs> like, like us. Like, I think, I think it, I think church happens in the context of where two or more are gathered in his name. Yep. And it's, it's dynamic. It's unstoppable. It's it's powerful, and and I don't want I don't want to miss on that out on that, and I definitely don't want anyone to miss out on that. Amen and amen. Mm. You got any? What do you think about that though, Adam? Like, I just feel like so many people are stuck, and and don't know where to really turn. Say again, one more time. Sorry, I, I just said I just feel like so many people are stuck or trapped in sin, and they and they and they, they just don't know what to do about it. They don't know how to. Yeah, it's yeah. I say it kind of goes back to um. They, they they go in they go into the fight you know shorthanded, right? They don't they don't know what they're up against. They always they feel like or this is how I was. I'm not gonna speak for the majority, but how I felt um, going in shorthanded. I didn't. I always believed whatever I was doing was how it was supposed to be. Mm. Like whatever whatever thing I was struggling with, whatever thing that was going on um, in my family that kind of spilled over to me. It was just how it was always. It's just how it always was. Mm. I, I could never understand it. I couldn't ever like, you know, put a finger on it um, until I got older. In which I'm, I, I thank, thank God for that, um, and a praying mother and sister for sure. Um, that kind of opened my eyes up to, and my and my ears and my heart to the fact that that wasn't the truth. That that's not the way life is or was going through those times was not the way it was supposed to be. Mm. Like even, even going back to, you know, Adam and Eve, when sin entered the world and all this death and all this calamity happening since then, it's not, that's not what God intended. Something came in, infiltrated, corrupted it. And it just, you know, distorted and kind of took what God made to be pure and, and tainted it exactly and i think that's where we've got to rebuild the ruins of what life was supposed to look like yes we've got to repaint the picture because like that's 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 the tragedy of it all man is like 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 if we righteous living is the most beautiful thing in creation Mm. like like a community of faith that actually is obedient and like that loves one another. Like there's nothing more that that's the pinnacle of creation. That's what heaven's going to be like. And we've got like, I, I, one of my favorite books in the Bible is Nehemiah because God calls Nehemiah to go back to Jerusalem after they've been in exile for years. Right. And, his job is to rebuild the wall of Jerusalem. Basically like we're rebuilding the city 
And I just, I just kind of have a feeling that that's what we're about to enter into. Like yeah. Jesus is rebuilding his city in us. Oh and yeah. Oh yeah. We, I agree. We get to repaint the pit. We get to, to repaint the image of God, not according to our standard, but according to his. Yeah. The right way. Right. <laughs> the right way. And that's to me, I mean, that's, that's exciting. That's fulfilling. It's, I mean, it's really the ultimate thing to be a part of. Yeah. If, if you're going to be a part of something like, I mean, you know, like, like just go to, a, go to a college football game on Saturday and you'll see what being a part of something can look like. Oh yeah. But it's like that Jesus is inviting us into something even richer and even better. Mm-hmm. And it's it's more than just a game on Saturday. It's it's a it's a it's a kingdom. It's a it's a way of life. It's a way of being. Yeah. You know? That lasts. It lasts for eternity. Mm-mm-mm. Sign me up. Right. <laughs> I'm not a perfect Christian. Yeah, hey, I'm an imperfect person. I go to church on the weekends, but I'm still far from perfect. Yeah, I'm still far from perfect. And there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Another conclusion to another. Great, awesome, wonderful, amazing, all the adjectives of a episode from the Playing For More podcast with your hosts, Adam and Banks. Um, just a little bit of encouragement before we sign off that to keep that same energy, to keep that same ambition, that same drive and determination um, that you have for your goals, your, your, your life ambitions, <laughs> and even just any personal uh, achievements that you are striving towards. Keep that same energy with your walk in Jesus because Jesus doesn't ask us to do anything that he hasn't done himself. So we love you. We thank you. Pray that that sits with you all. And we pray also that if you have any questions, concerns, comments, suggestions, reach out to us on social media, on Instagram at playing for more, all lowercase, all one word. We'd love to hear from you. Love to interact with our listeners. And we pray that you all join us next week for another episode of the Plan for More podcast with your hosts, Adam and Banks Wise. Thank you all and God bless. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year as well.